0: Well, hi, Shannon Storms Bedore.
1: <laughs> Hello, Alex Baskin. How yes. are you?
0: I'm good. I, I've, As you know, you're in my phone Is Shannon Storms.
1: I know, and that, I remember that lunch. Yeah. We went to lunch, and you you were the first person that just, like, took that
0: Bedore name off. I was like, fuck that, you know? Like, <laughs> that is, that's so funny. And that is
1: now why I say Shannon Storms Bedore. Like, you put that idea in my head. Oh, good. So thank you, Alex.
0: I'm going to take credit for that. Good branding, too, <laughs> right? Such good instincts. Well... Uh, good to see you in the wake of BravoCon, where you were kind of the bell of the ball, and you were really intent on going, because yes. obviously been a tumultuous few weeks, which we're going to talk about, and it seemed like it was important for you to be able to move on in a positive way, and to be able to speak to what you've been through, and show the audience that you're on a good track. Right. And um, and kind of reemerge, and also, by the way, looking different than you did at the reunion. So also, yes. you know, having redone the the whole hair situation. Well,
1: I, the theme was first lady, first lady theme for Bretcon. Yeah. So back to like that traditional, more conservative
0: Nancy Reagan. Yes, That's yes. right. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah, no, it was very important to me because, you know, I think that some people might not not be as strong or be afraid and for me, it was the most important thing to confront it. And I knew that after spending the three days and facing and acknowledging and taking accountability for what happened, that would help me in, um, in the long run. And I'd walk out feeling stronger.
0: So let's talk about what happened. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's talk about what led to that. Tell me about that Saturday and Sunday in your life.
1: I still look back on it and I, and I have a hard time. Um, I am a huge proponent of Uber. My CFO yells at me every month because my Uber bill is so high. So if there was even a possibility of me having one sip of alcohol, I always take an Uber. And that night I'd had an early dinner and I was having fun actually meeting people in this new neighborhood that I was staying in. And um, I took an Uber home and I left my phone in the car. So I stupidly got in the car and drove to John's because to, I needed help to try and get my phone back. And it was three blocks away. So I figure I can do the three blocks. And I mean, I, I got, an arg- got in an argument with John. And so he s- asked me to leave. And I was angry. And I thought, well, I'm not going to leave my car here. So I got in my car to drive the three blocks. And I, I was angry, very angry. And I made a horrible, horrible mistake. And I have to tell you, it ke- ke- I don't want to get teary-eyed, but it keeps me up at night to think that I could have hurt somebody. You know, it's... Um, I'm just so grateful that he didn't. And I made a terrible mistake. And, you know, I sit back and I think, like, why did this happen? But it has forced me to look in and and take an inventory of myself and realize what wasn't working in my life. And I did get offered multiple free alcohol rehab stays. But what I chose to do, and I did my research, I went to a behavioral wellness place because I want to figure out why I make certain toxic and unhealthy choices in my life. And there was an alcohol component to it. And in this particular time of my life have I been drinking way more than normal. Absolutely. Um, and so I, you know, I'm able to look at all of that and see how I don't want that to be, you know, the the life. I, I, I wasn't happy. I think that you can see that too in the last yeah. season. I wasn't willing to acknowledge it.
0: So tell me a little bit about the program and about the treatment that you've received and Mm -hmm. what it's brought up for you.
1: Where I went, it's known as one of the bigger trauma facilities in the country. So I'm so fortunate that it's literally in my backyard. So I was able to do an outpatient program, but it was five days a week. They call it intensive outpatient therapy. And what I've come to realize is there are certain... Things that have happened in my childhood. There's some childhood traumas that I've kind of tried to bury. Because when it comes to friendships and it comes to business, I can make choices. And like, not that girl was unkind to me, I'm gonna walk away and never look back. But yet somehow in relationships, someone can say, get out of my house and I'll be back the next day. Why is that? So there are issues in my childhood and I'm working through that now. Because I don't wanna make the same choices, bad choices again. I mean, I'm almost 60 years old, and I do want to get married and have a happy life. So, you know, working through all this, I have so much hope, and that's why I'm I'm saying to myself, all of this happened for a reason to get me to this point.
0: Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. I mean, as terrible as you feel about it, as much as you were saying, it keeps you up to think about what could have happened at the same time. You are, you're using this as an opportunity to grow and to learn, and I think that that's That's really powerful. But what do you say to critics, some of whom reside in your cast, that drinking is foremost a problem, isn't just an outgrowth of that? Well,
1: I I know that there, I I will admit and tell you that there are periods of my life where I have used alcohol. I know when I had my divorce with David, I mean, it was so acrimonious and I was drinking way more. But then you can look at other parts of my life when you know I lost my 42-pound weight gain and I was on that healthier path. So I'm choosing the healthy path right now. And I know myself and I do take accountability for mistakes that I make. And I made a horrible mistake in all of this, but I know what's best for me. And, um, you know, choosing alcohol to cope when you're not happy is not a good thing. So, and I'm aware of that and I'm not right now I'm not drinking and I haven't drank. So, you know, what, if the concern from my cast was genuine then I appreciate it I don't know if it was genuine in all cases yeah. we'll just leave it at that
0: what about uh, your relationship with John have you spoken to him no nope. uh.
1: he was very helpful in the very beginning in driving me to the doctor and you know taking taking care of me and then uh, that just stopped he just he just cut me off, which is ironic. And I have zero intention of really ever speaking to him again.
0: Yeah. So, well, I mean, it seems like it's better that way, right? Absolutely. So It seems like it's easier that absolutely. he just cut you off because it sort of proves the point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was there for me when the paparazzi were around.
0: What do you say to the critics of the shows in general? And obviously in many quarters right now, we're being challenged that say oh, that... Yeah there is alcohol in these group settings and that the shows somehow then contribute to people hanging out and drinking and then you know maybe that isn't a good idea for you what do you what do you make of that well
1: i mean when we do film especially at all cast events yes alcohol is present but i know that i can look back and i think all of us can look back on certain All cast events where we said, oh, we have a big day tomorrow or whatever, we're not going to drink. It just depends on whatever your mood may be. But I'll tell you, as far as my DUI and my arrest, that had to do with Shannon and relationships and toxicity in her life. It had nothing to do with the show. I mean, we weren't even filming or anything at the time. So um, I think that when you have a cast like we do at least of strong opinionated people, we can take control of our lives. So if people choose to drink or not drink, I mean, we're big, we're big girls. It's right. not sh- pushed down your throat. right? I don't know. I mean, I've heard rumors. I haven't really read anything in, in the press for a while, but um, you know, like we get our sleep and we get a lot of food. So we're, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't understand.
0: I also can just say from personal experience that, um, by and large, these are not groups of people who will do what we <laughs> would tell them to do. They make their own decisions.
1: Right. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Yeah.
0: We're going to cover your trajectory on the show and the struggles that have been documented that you've gotten to the other side of. and are in progress getting to the other side of Mm -hmm. And I think one of the... Well, but I I think that's been one of your hallmarks, right? Is that you've put it all out there. Everything from the divorce to the weight gain to then, you know, past several weeks. But I want to go back to your origin story. I want to go back to how you ended up on the show in the first place. And let's talk about your first interactions with casting.
1: Well, you know, I had a friend who was a plastic surgeon. And I guess casting people would call plastic surgeons' offices and say... Can you recommend anyone? And my friend's wife was in the office, so he put her on the phone. And it was a, they were casting for a show about unique homes. So she said, Oh, I know a girl with a basketball court and a tea party room behind a bookshelf. And she said, Can you have her call me? She gave me the number, I put it in a drawer. Six months later, I'm cleaning out the drawer. And I say to the girls, Oh, this producer was interested in us filming about our house. And they go, Oh, call mom. So the girl said, Oh, that show's over. But would you ever be interested in the Housewives? And I said no, and, but I watched the show, and then I thought, well, you know what? They'd never want me. I'm about to be fifty, but so I called back and said, um, you know, maybe I would be interested because I want to see how it worked. And she said, then casting called. Jen Redinger called and said, can you send me a step and repeat picture? And I said I can send you my Christmas card photo, <laughs> and I faxed that. That's how long ago it was oh, I faxed God. it over. And I came up for an interview, and I didn't tell David about it because I thought they're not going to want me. And I was—I thought I was going to go this glamorous thing, and I was like in a little room with a an iPhone. And they said, "Shannon, tell me, tell us your name and where you're from." And I said, "Shannon Bedore from Newport Coast." She's like, "No, no, 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 no. Say, I'm Shannon Bedore from the fabulous Newport Coast." And that—that's not how I talk. So <laughs> I'm like, "Shannon Bedore from Newport Coast." <laughs> so, and then you know, I, I got a call back right then. So who would have thought?
0: Thanks for tuning in to this exclusive preview of Bravo's newest podcast, Bravo's Hot Mic. In this podcast series, we're telling the real stories behind the shows you love, taking you behind the scenes through conversations with your favorite Bravo lephardys and the producers who brought some of television's most iconic moments to life. If you want the full interview, make your way to bravotv.com podcast. Sign up now to unlock access to all our podcast interviews.